I've done a lot of shows on sleep. This one's different. I think this one hits to the core problem. If you have night sweats, if you have hot flashes, hormone imbalance, and you've tried everything and you can't budge your deep sleep and recovery. Look, sleep plays into everything. I, I mean, even the way our brain works, our thoughts, our attitudes, sleep is at the core of it all, even our immune system. But this topic I've never hit on. And yet it's at the core of the most important thing that we can adjust to get good REM and deep sleep. And therefore all those other things change. Check out this episode of Cell TV. Hello everyone, welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith and today we welcome sleep expert Tara Youngblood, who is the CEO of Chili Sleep. She's an international speaker and author. Tara is here to discuss temperature and how it's important to get deep restorative sleep. She will also sort out some of the common myths around sleep that we're, we might all be familiar with. We always love the topic of sleep around here. So let's get started and welcome Tara Youngblood and of course, Dr. Ponta. Welcome both of you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. I appreciate you coming on Cellular Healing TV. Uh, look, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about sleep. And I also wanna bust through a lot of the myths about sleep, right? You know, and we'll do that. But you know, when we're looking at sleep, let's start with some of the basics, okay? And, and, and I do this, even though I've done other sleep shows, you know, okay, why am I so into sleep? Why are you so into sleep? And why should our viewers be into sleep? Why is it so important? So sleep is really attached to everything. When you start to make the list, everyone's like, well, give me five things that yeah. sleep affects. Um, it's really hard to even limit it to five. It's like, well, in, in what area? So when you looked at, at everything from cognitive performance to physical performance, to immune system, aging, recovery, uh, you know, just even down to your willpower is affected by whether or not you get enough sleep. So if you want to make a change in your life, you want to improve yourself, sleep is just an integral part of everything. And I kind of look at it as an amplifier. So kind of simple, I'm a physicist, so the background of, of math always comes in. But if you take a simple equation of just, I'm going to start a diet, or I'm going to do a diet with some fitness, um, sleep's going to magnify those results. It's going to make it better. Um, it's going to improve across the board, your stress tolerance, your immune system, all those long lasting heart impacts, brain impacts are all attached, especially to deep sleep or the, or the lack thereof has been shown to start sort of be the start of a, of a lot of problems that we have as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so true, right? Uh, you know, people just, they don't get it. Okay. Let's start here though, because I would think that most people watching this would say, well, I get good sleep and not the case. I mean, I, I measure my sleep with an aura ring, right? And um, I can tell you that like at one time, my son thought he was getting good sleep. He was sleeping for goodness sakes, you know, nine hours every night. And yet when he put the aura ring on, he wasn't getting deep sleep. He was like disrupted all night, right? So uh, that's happened more times than I can count. So people think they're getting a deep sleep, but maybe they're not. So what is a good sleep 
<laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned myth busting and I'm a big believer in sort of busting this myth about eight hours being the yeah, ultimate. I was going to ask indicator. you the question about eight hours. Um, <laughs> and, and actually at fun, I'm all about useless facts. Um, fun, useless facts is eight hours only existed after the industrialized age when factory workers petitioned to get an eight hour break from work. Um, and so that's when we created this standard of this has to be then and at this particular time. And there are some bases in our circadian rhythm. But overall, the best metric is really about that deep sleep and REM sleep and, and finding a good balance in your sleep that's going to ultimately give you the best recovery. And unfortunately, as we age, our sleep changes. Um, obviously, there's metrics of having kids and getting up in the middle of the night. There's also just this, this change that happens. So a 20-year-old is going to get about two hours of deep sleep and about two hours of REM sleep. And by the time we're 80, we may get only seven minutes of deep sleep or, or none at all. And so it, it really significantly changes throughout our lives. And now they're attaching every single disease of the elderly to this sort of lack of deep sleep. And so mm -hmm. one of the things we can do that will help us stay healthy is to get more deep sleep. Unfortunately, it's a little bit like a unicorn. And so if you're not measuring it, if you're not sort of keeping track of it, or you're not aware, it's really easy to, to not be aware that you're losing that deep sleep as you get older. Here was my uh, sleep last night. Uh, crap, lost it. Uh, oh, there it is. So I had an hour and 31 minutes of deep. I had an hour and 35 minutes of REM. I slept seven hours and 23 minutes. Anyway, so there it is. I got a 91 score, but I, I look at, I kind of look beyond the score. Yeah, the score, the score thing is, especially yeah. for the type A's that you're used to getting 100%, that part can make you a little <laughs> bit nuts. And it's the biggest disclaimer I say about tracking your sleep is don't track that big score really look at the metrics because um, you may not ever get 100% otherwise, and it depends on the, the app and, and the form you're using. And then my readiness was look good as well. But okay, so uh, then what's better? Getting nine hours sleep or an hour and a half of deep? I, I guess you already answered that. Let me make the question a little harder. Uh, the deep sleep's more important, but let me, let me switch it. What if I only got six hours sleep but still got an hour and a half of deep sleep. Is that a good night's sleep? So I, I have this conversation. I had it in my TEDx talk. I have it with military guys a lot. Um, a lot of them don't get eight hours in the rack. Mm -hmm. um, they are lucky if they get six. And what really does matter is that metric. Um, and I, I don't have my aura ring on, it's on the charger. Um, otherwise I'd, I kind of go through that as well. But um, even in the TEDx talk, uh, at my age, I should have a really hard time if I follow the metrics of society and, and trying to get those two hours. But even if I only get six hours of sleep because I'm traveling or whatever, um, I can still hit those two hours each. And it really is about dialing in and retraining your body. Your body's highly trainable and sleep is one of those uh, skills, honestly, is, is it needs to practice. It needs to be treated the right way. And if you do, you can, you can get great sleep in a pretty small amount of time and at a, any age. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm 55 and I, I still hit some two hour plus deep sleeps. Right. Um, and, it, and it often doesn't matter. I, matter of fact, sometimes when I'm getting uh, shorter sleep, because most of my deep sleep happens right when I go to bed. So mm -hmm. even if I slept four hours, if I got two hours deep sleep, I feel fine. <laughs> so to, to your point, you know, yeah, and you did hit on a, a key point that's really important. And we really do talk about chronotype and timing. And so deep sleep really does love that first half of the night when your body's dipping down in temperature, especially. Um, and so it, it does make a difference if your chronotype or your 
your timing is such that you should go to bed at 10 o'clock and you go to bed at midnight, it is way harder to still get those two hours of deep sleep. You do go through all the different cycles, but right. deep sleep is, is really focused on, on that zone of the first half of the night. And REM sleep is going to kind of be the opposite and be focused on the second half of your night. So, okay. So what, in your opinion, what do you think has the greatest impact on deep sleep and REM sleep? If those are the most important, I know REM is where our brain rests and heals, right? You know, deep sleep is kind of where the body heals, right? So um, what, what has the greatest impact on those? You know, because I've done shows on light, but I've played with it. It doesn't have a big impact on me. You know, meaning that like, if I look at screens or if I'm watching TV, I, it doesn't really, I tested it, right? It doesn't really affect my deep sleep. So what, in your opinion, what's the biggest thing? So I will say as a disclaimer, everything that you hear about sleep, and again, this is one of those myths, people look up like top 10 things to fix your sleep and you'll see caffeine and you'll see light. And unfortunately, there is a percentage of the population that is not going to be affected at all. And the rest of us are in some sort of spectrum on that. So there are general rules about lighting and caffeine and eating and metabolism that are, that are really helpful. But it's also important to understand that whatever you do with sleep and anything else, I think, diet or fitness, that you really think about in terms of you. So if it's something that doesn't work for you, then it's okay to discount it. You, you should listen to your body first and foremost. What, um, what does disrupt my deep sleep is alcohol um, mm -hmm. and too, food too close to bed. If I yeah, and that's just because of temperature. Bed, yeah, so th that affects my deep sleep, crushes it, right? I mean, I can look at screens, you know, but when I do that, bad news, Sally. Yeah, and so the, the fun part about temperature, and I, I will say, you know, one of the things I get asked a lot is, how'd you come up with the idea? Did you know about all this? And honestly, we were just going for comfort. Todd and I, my husband and co-founder, we sleep at different temperatures. And we thought, you know, if you can get dual climate control in your car, I wanted dual climate control in our bed because he was always super hot. We had him crate pillows to kind of keep his heat on his side. So it was really, that was the invention. But the magical part about temperature really goes back to evolution. And Jerry Siegel out of UCLA did a whole hunter-gatherer studies and did, did ingrain temperature to those sleep timings. Um, they didn't go to bed at sunset. They actually stayed up and would sit by the fire, but the temperature would still go down in the middle of the night. And that really was what, what was their, their motivating factor for when they would fall asleep and when they would wake up. Um, you'll see a similar dip uh, in your core body temperature right after lunch, that's the siesta. So all of those sort of different times of the day that are temperature driven do exist in there. Um, but actually Clifford Sapier out of Harvard coined something called the sleep switch where your VLPO neurons in your brain are actually driven and triggered by temperature. So oh. you can Google his work. It's um, really fascinating work, but it is that sleep switch is temperature driven. And when that happens and those neurons are triggered, that's when you get the release of melatonin. So I get lots of people like, well, should I take melatonin? There are natural ways to do that. Obviously you need to decide for yourself if melatonin is a good idea and there's certain limits to, to that, but your body does that naturally. And temperature is one of the ways you can trigger that release of melatonin and not be taking a supplement for it. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, like, okay, it was easy for me to recognize that eating too close to bed, drinking massively, looking at my aura, my deep sleep was affected. Uh, so, but you're saying, hey, what the bigger, what it's doing is it's affecting body temperature, which mm -hmm. is how it throws you off. So for you then body temperature becomes the biggest player. 
Um, it is a huge player. And, and, and we discount it because temperatures become something that's in the background in our modern society. We set our, our houses, our cars, our lives at a constant temperature and we don't change throughout the day. And even in COVID, it's more succinct because we're in our houses more. We're not going outside possibly as much as we should. We're not switching to other locations. We're, we're in this constant state environment. So our bodies are looking for triggers that they're not finding. And then we get in our beds and the, the unnatural materials in our beds, those foams, which feel really awesome, they actually absorb heat and reflect it back. And so we're, we're creating this sort of ultimate environment for our body where we can't throw off core body temperature. And when you think about throwing off two degrees of core body temperature, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's right. your heart and lungs. That's all the way on the inside and dropping two degrees is significant. So you need a thermally neutral or cool environment in order to be able to allow your body to do what it wants to do. And when it can't do that, that's when you don't get deep sleep. Well, and you brought up a good point because one of the things I, I said, well, uh, you know, I, I crack my window, I let cool air in, but, um, you know, obviously that's kind of inconsistent. And obviously you brought up another problem and that's the heat that's generated between you and your bed, right? So mm -hmm. even if your window's open, you still have this, you know, uh, heat that's reflecting back on you from the bed. And that kind of led to the, the system you developed for this, right? Am I right on that? Yeah, absolutely. So it really works like, I like to think of uh, our human body just like an engine in your car and just like an engine in your car, it will overheat if there's not a radiator. You can't just drive it and hope that air going past it's going to be enough. You actually have to manage the heat put off of it. And so you really need a plan to do that for your body. That thermal exchange is, is necessary. And so our what our pad does is it basically is a, is a radiator for your body where those coils go underneath you. We run water through it at whatever temperature you set it at. And that's basically to maintain that interchange. So heat sink is kind of the fancy word for it, but your body wants that place to dissipate that heat. And in essence, our pad becomes that place for that heat to go and get taken away. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, you developed chili bed and um, there's the, the system that, you know, cooler that I'm using. So, uh, which is a pad for the bed, very simple. Mm -hmm. They're, they're both pads, piece. yeah. They're both yeah. pads for the bed, but right. one is one is just a little more sophisticated. The chili pad is got a remote and it's like a, your thermostat that you maybe grew up with that you turn the dial and it's set it to one temperature and it stays there. Uller is a programmable thermostat. And for, for people like me that aren't one temperature, now Todd loves to sleep cold. So as far as he's concerned, he cranks that sucker down on a chili pad and he's just fine. He's gonna stay at one temperature. I definitely need that, that different hill climb yeah. equivalent. Um, I like to warm up to fall asleep. So that's my temperature change that I'm looking for. You can have it be triggered either way. For me, I warm up um, as I go to bed and then I cool down for that first part of the night. And then I do warm back up because we wanna throw off that sleep switch and turn it off and actually heating up your body will in the reverse of the melatonin release that you get at the start of the night you actually get a cortisol boost and it helps wake you up out of bed so we have a warm awake kind of alarm that you can use that'll heat you up and it's amazing the results because it it really is like wow i i'm, I'm awake awake i can't yeah. i can't go back to sleep yeah look i my, my wife it was great because we had two halves of our bed she's freezing the moment she gets in bed Right. Mm -hmm. It's like so she was able to heat hers up um, for the first 30 minutes and then drop the temperature down. Uh, but that was good for her. Like for me, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I warm up right away. 
but yeah, so it's, it's nice, like you said, driving in the car when you have this person, you know, we can adjust the temperature. That's huge. Yeah. And then the way yeah, there's up. lots of difference between sleep partners, but temperature is one of the key ones. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Sleep partners are almost always different temperatures. What do you see when people start using the system? Uh, what, do you, what do you see right away? I, I mean, obviously it's going to affect their deep sleep. But what are like you get a lot of obviously feedback what do you hear uh, yeah you know it really we get people with you know everything from neurological conditions to cancer treatment diabetes uh or just professional athletes so a lot of what we see really will depend on, on how people are going into this and what our sleep looks like but uh, you know someone that says i slept really well and we do give a, a version to uh each of our employees and so they're like oh i sleep okay but they actually don't toss and turn as much. They'll sleep through the night. Um, their, their sleep times are generally extended. So if they're a short sleeper to begin with, they're able to stay in bed, sleep longer. Um, you know, uh, to that point of the metabolism of eating or drinking before you go to bed, anyone that's a high performer athlete, their meta metabolism means that they're really hot. They tend to run hot. They're not going to be able to sleep really well, whether they're an NFL lineman or just a, a tiny little CrossFit girl, they're, they're both going to have very high metabolism. So they're going to be really hot at night. And so it doesn't matter who you are, that performance metric is going to change and it, it will retrain your body to be able to sleep better. Yeah. That's interesting. You said that about athletes because Luke Winters, he's on the U S ski team. He stays with us oftentimes parts of the year. And he, we got him an aura last year uh, for Christmas or his birthday. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, you know, constantly, it looks like he's waking up, but he says, I'm not waking up. Right. You know, but the aura ring makes him look very unrested sleep. Um, and his deep sleep wasn't what I thought it would be. I, I'm wondering if he's just too hot. I'm wondering if he's, he's just too hot. He's, just he's an extremely high trained athlete, very healthy. Yeah, no, we, it's, it's really amazing. We, um, we were, uh, on a bunch of teams in the NBA bubble this year and, you know, at every single professional sport, we have people uh, sleeping on it. And it really, it really is a game changer. Um, you know, you can look at Sky Christofferson did a, a whole thing on the women's Olympic team, the cycle team um, in the London games and sort of tracked using our product. Um, so if you're, yeah, that performance part is, is not, it's not a joke. It's easy to think you're getting a good enough sleep because you're maybe because you're young and you, you're not registering that lack of deep sleep. But as, as you, you know, we sort of talked about sleep is an investment for your life and it will yeah. sort of compound if you're really not getting deep sleep, it compounds. And honestly, your, your sort of stress measurement of what kind of headroom you have in order to be absorbed stress, absorb immune system cha challenges or things that come up, that, that ability to have headroom in your body of, of being able to handle whatever challenges that comes, deep sleep is a big part of having that, that headroom yeah. to be able to absorb whatever comes at you. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that your immune system is, you know, the deep sleep is just a gauge. I mean, if you're just constantly not getting enough deep sleep every night, it's building up and your immune system is going this way. You know, and everyone right now is fearing COVID when it's like, I don't fear, fear COVID because I know my immune system is fine, right? It's like, as a matter of fact, I was trying to get it from day one just to get the exposure. But the point is, is that people don't have a confidence in their immune system. Right. No. So, I mean, one of the, the first things you can do is number one, how much deep sleep are you getting? Get an order and track your deep sleep. Number two, then figure out what's affecting your deep sleep. 
So what are your tips? You know, I mean, what you've studied this, uh, you know, more than most. And so what would you say? Okay, here's the things I would absolutely focus on to increase your REM sleep and your deep sleep. So uh, deep sleep, you know, is, is to me, I think the, for most people and REM sleep can be difficult for certain types of people. Deep sleep is, is definitely the, the unicorn of, of sleep that where it's, it's tough to get and you're going to feel the benefits immediately. So that's always the first place I look to of, if you're having a hard time, let's see if we can get you some deep sleep. Um, it's often associated with, uh, if you get great deep sleep, you're less tired. You fill up in the morning. If someone does a survey after that you haven't had great deep sleep versus when you did, you're going to wake up and say, oh, I feel amazing or I feel exhausted. Um, and so deep sleep is just a great place to focus. And as you mentioned, anything that increases your body temperature. So depending on what you're sleeping on for a mattress, you know, ambient room temperature, whether you get our system or not, temperature is a, a big impact on that. Um, Tim Ferriss um, and a few others have gone and they'll, they'll do an ice bath um, before bed. And so that's an alternative. Again, you're, what you're trying to do is reset that core body temperature and allow it to go down. Um, so if you're, you're, you're one of those cold plungers, that's, that's definitely a way to enhance your deep sleep. Um, definitely don't eat for three hours before you go to bed. Alcohol yeah. it is, it's deep sleep and alcohol. It's a huge buzzkill. I, you know, talking to the younger athletes, yeah. um, you know, they're 20 something and just making all this money. And the last thing you want to hear is please don't party and please don't be up late and doing all that stuff. So it is definitely a buzzkill, but that makes a big difference. And then to the point of the sleep switch. If you can turn it off in the morning, if you can get that, that is when sunlight I think makes the most difference is turning off sleep is really important. So, you know, don't stay in your pajamas, hugging your cup of coffee, get dressed, get a, get in a cold shower, do something that's going to change your temperature, yeah. give you light and get you outside. Cause the moment your metabolism starts ramping up, your body's like, great, I'm done sleep. And the clock starts ticking towards that next sleep cycle. And so even though it's daytime and it's first thing in the morning, that has a big impact on what that bedtime time is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a fan of using alarm clocks, obviously, to get up. I, gosh, I haven't used an alarm clock. I don't even know when I last used an alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I'll, I have one in all honesty, because, you know, if you get on a flight, it's sometimes I, yeah. I have it just because I'm like, OK, I have to get up early and I want to know that I've got that covered and I don't have to think about it. So it's a check the box but I haven't woken up by it in a, a very long time. Because again, if you're getting good sleep, your body will get in a rhythm and it'll match what's happening. That clock that exists for us is, is ingrained to everything. And I think people think of chronotype or, or sleep timing as being the only way that clock is used, but your body uses that same clock for your best cognitive time, which if you're a morning person will be in the morning, but for an evening person may not. Um, your best creative time, again, I'm a morning person, is, is sort of late afternoon, right around now. I'm kind of peeking out at my creative window, um, but then your highest blood pressure, when you should be having a bowel movement is even all ingrained to that clock. And, it, and those are all things we don't want to talk about, but those are, those are things that if they're happening at the right time are all indicators that your clock and your system is working properly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, a sign of health. I, you know, mm -hmm. obviously it's a great sign of health. Uh, yeah. So what about the person who says, well, I'm a cold sleeper, right? I'm cold all the time, you know, chilly bed. That sounds worse. You know, I was like, you know, yeah, so, you know it's, it, it's really interesting because we, we literally think about temperature only in terms of this ambient temperature so much. And I have the conversation all the time of, 
our body is 98 degrees. It has nothing to do with our ambient temperature. And so if you're thinking about your body or your engine, when it's cold outside, you still need a radiator for your body, for your car. And you still need this for your body because what may seem warm to ambient temperature. So I honestly just had a conversation with someone who had arthritis and she's like, I can't sleep really cold. I'm like, don't sleep really cold. Sleep at 80. Don't sleep colder than the room temperature if you're sleeping cold, but 80 is actually warmer than the room temperature, but it's still keeping your body in that thermally neutral place. And for a lot of people, we go between 55 and 110. So a lot of people will find what that ideal temperature is for them. It may be right around core body temperature because it means that they're able to do what they're supposed to do. The, the regulation part of what we do is really not ingrained to ambient temperature. It's really about your core body and making sure it can do what it needs to do for sleep. Um, we had a bunch of patients, um, younger patients that are sort of in that nursing home environment and they couldn't maintain a proper body temperature. And so this actually prevented them from going to the emergency room because their core body temperature would drop below where it was supposed to. And so it really is the core body is temperature is just really important to all your systems. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, is that someone could be, their core body temperature could be dropping too much at, at night, affecting their sleep that way. And therefore then they would have to set their um, Uller bed at a higher temperature. So how, how do you know that? How do you like, you know, I mean, well, I'm tracking my deep sleep. I'm just, what about the average person? I mean, I, so, maybe they're waking up cold. I yeah, you know, a lot of it is if, it, you know, we, we know more about our bodies than we give ourselves credit for. And so I do try to break up the night into three different zones of thinking through what you need to do for sleep. And uh, first one is that bedtime window where you're still awake. And a lot of that is all about unconsciously or consciously, not unconsciously, consciously what, what feels good, what's gonna help you fall asleep. And if you go into bed and you're freezing cold, please warm up, please warm up to fall asleep. Your body is saying, I'm feeling chilly. I'd really like to warm up. You're, a lot of women end up feeling that way. I think it's part of almost nesting that comes with that. There's all sorts of anxiety and things that are soothed by being a little bit warmer. I use a weighted blanket to even like amplify that more. Um, but then the, the next section is really about being thermally neutral. And that doesn't mean colder than your room. That means to the same temperature or below where your core body temperature is, which is around 98 degrees. So that second one may still be in the 90s, but it's not gonna be set you know, really low if you're cold. But what it'll do is it'll actually help you maintain what you need to. So you wanna create that, that arc that matches what your body's doing. And it goes from this top here and it goes down into the valley and comes back up when you wake up. And you wanna match that thermal experience in your bed. And our beds just don't allow us to do that by themselves. So uh, help us, you know, set our, our beds, right? Let's, we're gonna put the link folks down below to order one of these uh, systems for your bed. So I buy one, how do I, how do I go about setting it? All right, so bedtime, it, you know, and it'll walk you through this in the app a little bit of bedtime and wake time. Um, so bedtime, again, you wanna think about, well, how do I feel when I climb into my bed that's currently ambient temperature? So whatever your house is at on average, it's 70 degrees. So is that 70 degrees in your bed? Is that feeling cool or is it feeling hot? Does it feel just right? That's what you need to do in that first one. And, and you're gonna have to possibly play with that gauge a little bit. Usually right. within three nights, people have it figured out. So they may, um, and, it, and because it is one degree increments, 
it, you're going to find that that granularity and everybody ends up coming like, like, oh, I didn't really think I'd come up with an exact number. But it, it's amazing that people will find whatever that exact number is. It may be 73 and that feels wildly different than 76. It's, it's phenomenal, but it really is. We're that dialed into temperature. So what is your settings? What is your husband's settings? Yes. So mine, I do, I warm up. So I am at right at core body temperature of 98 degrees. When I climb into bed, I want to be warm. And then within a half hour of going to sleep, I actually drop it all the way down. So it goes all the way down to about 72, which is about the house temperature of what we are. So it's almost matching ambient temperature at that. And I keep it at that temperature until about 3.30 in the morning. Um, and I've kind of played with that time. If I go to bed uh, on weekends a little bit later, sometimes sometimes I'll, I'll adjust a weekend schedule for that. Um, in the summertime, it seems to be more succinct than in the wintertime because I don't know why, it just is. Maybe it's the light that's impacting um, that a little bit. But then I warm it back up. So it's actually about 82 for the second half of the night. So And then I have the warm awake that'll uh, wake me up that'll start from, when I set the wake up time, I'm really setting when I wanna get out to bed. And so that wake up alarm will start within 15 minutes of, of when I wanna wake up, it'll warm me up to oh, wake up. So you go like 98 down to 72, mm -hmm. and then kind of bring it up to 82 at 3.30 in the morning. And then you bring it back up even higher um, to like 98, like right before you get up. Yeah, because it, it, you know, it is so powerful for deep sleep, particularly. Um, we find not as much for older people, I think, as we're harder to get on the deep sleep. But if you take a younger person and you make them really cold, they may stay asleep, but they'll actually, the deep sleep will start to carve out REM sleep. And so they're getting three, four hours in, in the deep sleep and no REM. And so you really do need to try to make sure that you are adjusting that temperature. So we do get that sometimes like people are getting phenomenal numbers on deep sleep, and then they're really low in REM. And we really do want that balance. Yeah, so warming it up, because you get most of your REM sleep towards the end, after mm -hmm. 3.30 in the morning, right, to your point. So that's why you, that was, you answered my question. That's why you bring it up at like 3, 3.30 in the morning, okay. It is, it's to maintain that balance. And I will say that, you know, when I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I, you know, get coming down with something, or I feel like I want to recover, or maybe I, I took a really long hike, or I, I kind of pushed myself, whether physically or mentally, um, I will, I will switch that, and I, I will allow myself longer in deep sleep to do that, so it, it becomes such a powerful trigger to your unconscious mind that you're able to start playing with, what do I need, what do I need more of tonight? Yeah, it's fascinating, I mean, just the temperature, you know, has such a strong effect, uh, you know, on, you know, those uh, parameters that are so important, REM sleep and deep sleep. Wow. Yeah, that, that's- uh, It is. It's crazy. And the fun part for me is it's your unconscious brain. And so when people say, well, what can you do to hack your sleep? It is really tough because you're asleep. And so it's either the behaviors that you do during the day, but then once you're asleep, you're kind of baked. You're like, okay, well, I'm doing what I'm doing the way to impact that unconsciously is through temperature because that temperature is talking it's in your hypothalamus it's it's down there like your heart beats and your breathing happens that's where this this exchange of information is happening and those cues to your body that are unconscious and you're not really aware of of what's happening at all for people who are light sensitive you know that they notice that light affects them uh can you offset that with the temperature 
So I, I will say that you can use temperature and we do this with our athletes a lot, especially, well, not as much this year, but in the past when there was a lot of travel for like the basketball teams, for example, um, when you look at jet lag, um, obviously light can have an impact on that, but temperature is going to be much better at resetting your circadian rhythm, keeping your body on track, having mm -hmm. those sort of metrics. Um, you know, if someone's really sensitive, it's going to be an enhancement. Um, I have yet to come across someone that is, is not responsive to temperature at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where some people, they don't notice the light, but you know, temperature affects everybody. What, last question, you know, the night sweats, right? Uh, first of all, what is the causative factor and how does the uh, older bed play into it? Yeah. So night sweats are like so many conditions, um, attributed to a bunch of different things without having one clear winner that that's the definitive reason. Um, I talk about my TEDx talk and even my book um, about Susan. Um, we've become really good friends. We met at a trade show. And the interesting part is she, after the birth of her second child, started having night sweats every single night. And she went through hormonal you know, measurements and, and trying to figure it out. Um, OBGYN, all those people said, I don't know what's going on. She changed diets. She did all sorts of things. And at, at the end of the day, on the very first night she slept on it, the night sweat stopped. Hmm. And to this day, she even has some trainability in that fact that she has about two or three nights before they start coming back if she's not sleeping on it because she's on vacation. Wow. Yeah. She needs to travel with it, obviously, because that's a big deal. Uh, I, I think you might you'll sell units just from that right there uh, yeah. because that's a big deal. You know, it, and it's amazing. I mean, I, I would argue, of course, the deep sleep, the REM sleep, the circadian rhythm and the body temperature, you know, that is, that can regulate your hormones because some people would argue, well, it's my hormones. Yes, it is. But what's helping it, yeah. regulate your hormones? Yeah, they play. It's bi-directional it. for sure. It's not yeah. a, it's not a one-way street. Absolutely. I mean, you yeah. see that in the release of melatonin and the other serotonin and those sort of things that are triggered again, right. as that change in temperature happens. Yeah. Great. Wow. Uh, great product. Uh, I know that people are going to buy them and they're going to love them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I, and I will say on that one last hormonal note, um, we have great results from sort of menopausal women that hot flashes for them, yeah. this is the power of sleep, that if they can sleep through the night, if they don't have hot flashes because it's managed during the night, when they wake up the next day, they have less hot flashes by mm. 50%. And wow. so by sleeping well, again, it speaks to all of those symptoms. If you can sleep well, it is, it is absolutely worth everything to yeah. all of those other symptoms. Uh, you know, it, it's, such, it's such an incredible uh, device, so simple, works so well. Right, and it's trackable and reproducible. That's what I love about it. So, uh, thank you for developing it. Honestly, I, I think a lot of others are going to thank you as well. And thanks for being on Cell TV. I, you busted a lot of myths about sleep, and uh, you know we're, we're closer. We're closer to the truth. That's for sure. Thanks, Tara. Oh, you're welcome. It was a thrill to be here. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Cyto Detox please check it out at buycytonow.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv and please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, and sharing the show with anyone you think may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.